Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, August 5th. And today I have a a really precious treat for you today. Uh, Several weeks ago, I met an incredible woman, Dr. Paula Price, and we began talking at an event for Jackson Lawmeyer in Oklahoma about what was happening in the culture. And she had such a grasp on the role of the church and what was happening in the culture and what we can do to stop being the tail and start being the head that I was like, man, I got to have this woman on the show. She is here with me today. Buckle up, you guys. You're going to be encouraged. All right, so a couple things before we get started. I want to remind you that uh, my schedule is online, and you can find that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. I told you guys earlier I have been sick for a couple of days, and so some of those events have been postponed. And so if you're wondering about them, please go to the calendar at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events, and you can see where those events have been moved, and we anticipate getting back on the road here pretty quick. All right, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Dr. Paula Price to you. She is an incredible incredible woman of God. She has a voice that uh, when I met her the first time, I could only describe it as a prophetic voice. She has an anointing. And uh, I began talking with her at the time about critical race theory. We were talking about what's happening in the church. And I, without really knowing much more about her, invited her to come on the show. And since then, I've had the opportunity to read more about what she's doing. I'm so thrilled that she's here. We've decided to just let the Holy Spirit take this thing where it goes. But I got a couple of questions for her. You guys are going to love this woman. She's a firecracker. Dr. Price, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. I am grateful to be here and I'm excited about what God is going to do. Well, it's exciting to have you. And I think, you know, this is such a good time because, you know, we're watching, you know, COVID rear its ugly head again. We're watching the lockdowns are coming back. The church is discouraged. And I think a lot of people are discouraged. We sense the spirit of the age, right? And, uh, and as I was talking with you right before we started recording, just saying, how can, how can the church begin to get on offense and stop always playing defense? And you asked a wonderful question. You said, Hey, let's start here. How did we get here as a church? Why do we feel this way? Why do we feel like we're in this position of defense instead of offense? And, and uh, you had some excellent, excellent uh, encouragement. And I kind of would like to just start there. Well, I'm excited about doing it. So the question becomes, how did we get here? And I've been walking this question long before we got to the COVID and the election and all of that. And the main reason that we are here is because we have, you know, one of the things I say is we've forgotten our first love, but Mm. I have a standard that I teach all the time. Identity is your key to destiny. And so if the church has lost its identity, then it is off track with its destiny. It cannot really help the world because it can't help itself. Now, how am I saying that? What am I saying when I say that? Well, what I'm speaking about is the fact that who we are in Jesus Christ has gotten lost in what we are to be to the world. And as a result of that, that, that shift, we no longer know who we are. I've been teaching in my church. I'm getting them ready for, I'm calling it, you know, battlefield 20, you know, 21st century. And so I'm getting them ready and I'm starting with identity. Somewhere we decided, and we see, we see this reinforced in the church when the church said, hey, this, these are not areas that we belong in. And we've adopted this sort of fatalistic attitude about the world and our role in it, and we've stepped away from it. And I'm wondering, you know, if how, how far, I mean, we've been doing this for so long. And I think this is why, do you feel it like the spirit of the age? And I know here in the Pacific Northwest where I live, this is definitely 
uh, what the church is struggling with. They're, they're struggling under the weight of forgetting that we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that we're sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And that's where identity comes from. And a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show, I was telling uh, the men and women, listen, when the Lord of Heaven's armies labeled you, when you became born again, he slapped a label on you. And you wear the label redeemed, bought by the blood of the lamb, and no one can relabel you. And yet the labels of the world seem to have been sticking inside the church. So how do we, how, how do we recognize, uh, how are we able to recognize that and then come against it and begin to take the place that Jesus would have us take that place of victory and begin to share the love that he has given us? Well, well, that's first of all, how we got there, because love makes you retreat and relax. Mm. Okay, but holiness, righteousness, truth, it makes you move. It moves you. We're in a a moment right now uh, that that I think has been building for a long, long time. And all of the things that we're struggling with in the culture, in the church, what do you say to the to the people who are listening to this, who are in a church and their pastors are unwilling to address what's actually happening? So we're going on as if nothing's going, nothing's nothing's weird. Everything's the same. Uh, we're not addressing critical race there. We're not talking about the failure of Christians to understand the nature of the sin that has gotten us really um, by the heel right now. What do you say to those people who are who are struggling under the weight of that? How do they find uh, a Bible-believing church and begin to walk? Because it's personal accountability, right? It's deciding on your own, I am going to be the person that God wants me to be. I'm going to study his word. I'm going to be the person when no one else is watching that I claim to be on Instagram. Mm. And, uh, and what does that look like? Mm. Well, what I often say is that my Bible says that my sheep know my voice and follow me and another voice they will not follow. Mm. So I tell them if you, if you're serious about Jesus, then Jesus is serious about where he churches you. So, mm. If they really want to know, I and I tell them you don't you should not stay in a church that is not going to give you the true Jesus Christ and the tips, tools, arms, and equipment you need to make it in this generation. Because without him, we can do nothing. Mm. He himself said that I'm the vine and you're the branches. And if you don't bear fruit in me, I'm gonna cut you out. Mm. Now that's Jesus. I mean, I know we don't like that. See, we want the Jesus that Satan has painted. Mm-hmm. We don't want the Jesus that came to earth, got on the cross, gave his life, went to hell, brought us up and gave us eternal life. We don't want that Jesus because we've not heard enough about him. So my and my word to everybody is your soul salvation. It is your soul. You are the one who have to decide where you're going in the afterlife. I teach my church immensely. When I tell you I teach them, I teach them immensely. I teach them intelligently and logically about God's world because all we have is a sentimental persuasion and a sentimental mindset about God's world, which is why so many Christians voted to put um, uh, Obama in office. Why did they do it? Because they thought it was showing love. Mm-hmm. And so, and many of them said to me, because I told them, I said, I'm telling you, this man is going to tear up our nation. Yep. I said, I'm telling you. And so what did they say to me? God will fix it. And why is, what's wrong with God will fix it? Because God, as long as Biden wasn't in office, we had a shot. The minute we put him in office, mm-hmm. the office rules, the office power and dominion prevails. And if, if we don't get him out of office and make him a regular citizen with ideologies and ideas that can be governed by the righteous in power, then we're gone. 
Mm-hmm. So, so they've had this talk is up to God. God doesn't mind. God, God will take care of it. And that's what God said. Well, you all are going to be sadly mistaken. He said, cause I let a lot of nations go down. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, empires fall and we're looking right now at the decline you, of one mm-hmm. of the greatest empires in the world. I'm um, the United States is in rapid decline right now. Oh my free falling. Yeah. Hard out free falling. Yep. And yep. so, and, and when I, when, so I tell them, I'm not going to pat, I'm not going to tell you to stay with the pastor who has turned on your, on your God. You, it's up to you to determine my pastor is no longer following Jesus. Wait a minute. I'm not trying to leave Jesus. So if you're not trying to leave him, then you need to leave that church. And you mm-hmm. can't leave it. If you have to sit home and pray and fast until God gives you a name, an address or a street, I cannot tell you. I have people in my church from all over the country. You know what they said? God told me to come here. God put me here. And then those who came on a whim couldn't stay. So I will tell you, Jesus is still the same shepherd of the flock. He's still the bishop of our souls. And if that's the case, then you need to ask him where it's safe. I want to talk to you for just a minute, because as you're, you're bringing this up, the word that keeps coming to my mind is discernment. And, you know, Spurgeon said that discernment was not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It was knowing the difference between right and almost right. And as believers for the longest time, because of the things that you said, we're in the middle of a cultural Marxist takeover right now, because we know that he who owns the language owns the culture. And so they've used the words like love, love wins, love is love, black lives matter. These are wonderful statements in and of themselves. And so they've created this sort of bulletproof narrative and Christians have got to be discerning to be able to look beyond. And here we are. I mean, we now we've got a, a president in office who cannot string two coherent sentences together. We know that something is terribly wrong. And the church is paralyzed as we're watching Biden with one catastrophic decision after another. I don't know if you saw the group, uh, Evangelicals for Biden. Did you ever notice this group? No, but you know, uh, the, you the pro-life have the, Evangelicals mm-hmm. for Biden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, you know, I was telling my husband, I'm like, how did we get this blind? Did we really think that he wasn't going to do exactly what he said he was going to do? And yet the lack of discernment, the unwillingness to see it for what it is. And I think you're right. It's because we want to be seen as people who love each other. And uh, love is not love. Love is not love, you know, which is what we keep saying, you know, on the bumper stickers and on television right now. So where do we go from here? So we've got a we've got a really important election coming up. And uh, I've been trying to tell people, you know, the 2022 elections are right around the corner. This is what they call an off year. But these municipal elections, these local elections, when we're when we're determining who sits on our city councils and who sits on uh, school boards and library boards. I mean, why do we have drag queens in our libraries? Because we have allowed wicked people. We haven't paid attention. The church hasn't paid attention. So what is the role of the church right now, given the fact that we see that this country is in rapid decline. If you could give, you know, there are a lot of parents, especially who are listening to this. I mean, they're taking their kids out of the schools, thank God, right? So we've been saying that for a long time. Get your children out of these schools uh, because they're injuring our children, body, soul, mind, spirit. They're injuring our children. What do you say to the to the uh, to the listener who's like, Lord, I want to hear you. I'm ready. Uh, I want I want to 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 fulfill the call on my life. Uh, I just don't know where to start. What do you say to that person who just feels overwhelmed by the sheer amount of wickedness that we see in the culture right now? Well, first of all, the the number one thing we are going to, you and I together are going to have to accept that what we call wicked is not what people have been trained to see as wicked. 
Mm. Right now, the the whole communist thing, the dom- the democratic agenda is to paint us as wicked because we don't want what their we don't want their destruction, and and we can't be blinded by their rhetoric and by their seduction. So that's the first thing. You know, when you think about Eve, Eve said the serpent beguiled her because he made the, the tree look good. That's Isaiah true. said that we have a problem because they call good evil and evil good. My hot button to start right now would be for us to somehow or another find out how to um, structure and, and disseminate the wisdom of Hebrews 5, where it says the, that strong meat, we did, we've been drinking milk. And we've, we're colicky, you know, we're all constipated, can't do anything. But he said, but strong meat belongs to those who are mature. And then he defines maturity. And he said, those who are mature, who by reason of use or who practically exercise his righteousness, get, get that discernment that mm-hmm. discerns both. It didn't say either. It said both good and evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have to start giving people classes in what God calls good and evil again, because this generation has been separated from it. You know, it's oh, like the generation so that, that that was born after the uh, all of uh, Joshua's elders died. So mm-hmm. the first thing we have to do is give overturn what the schools have told them is religious. It's just ethereal. It, we're just a myth. We are going to have to do it. And if people are serious, then they're going to ask God, where can I go to learn? And they're going to learn. They're not going to go and ask them and then say, yeah, but you know, I got kids. Yeah, but you know, I have a job. Right. And yeah, but Come you know, on. they have to make up yeah. their minds. When people yeah. tell me that, I say, well, if America falls, you will not have any problem about going to work and you're going to be a slave and your children are going to be slaves. That's so you right. have to decide if you want to be armed. And so, you know, Paul said that we, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Everything about this has been about knowledge, wisdom, intelligence. That, we call it, but Satan downgraded everything to emotionality. So the logos is ignored while we run mm-hmm. around making up rhema as we see fit. When you talked about that, what is really quickly the difference between the logos and the rhema, the spoken word? Rhema is a, just a voiced or utterance, uttered discourse. And it can be on any subject for any reason. Logos is prototypical, archetypical logic. The logic that makes rhema make sense. Mm, that's good. That's so great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think too, you know, one of the one of the things, and uh, we're running out of time, so I, I won't keep you forever. But uh, one of the things that I have been saying for a long time here is that the study of God's word should be a labor. Mm-hmm. And for too long, we have in in this soft Christianity that we have found ourselves in the seeker sensitive. We're more concerned about the smoke machines in our church and making sure you know we're seeker sensitive than we are knowing what God's word says. You know, we're living in a time of incredible deception and a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. So men and women who don't know God's word and can't defend it. Mm-hmm. And it must be a labor. It's not enough for people to grab their little copy of Jesus Calling and read it for two minutes in the morning and decide that that was them putting on the armor of God, right? I know you're right. But do you realize, too, every education is laborious? Yes. Everyone. You want a degree? It's laborious. 
If you yeah. want to go and get training, you want to get you want to get a certificate. I want to have everything because the human makeup cannot take in knowledge at the rate that Satan is seducing them into thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I was upset when we had the fortune cookie scriptures. I was like, this man did not get on the cross for a fortune cookie slip of Chris uh, scripture. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but the other thing is, you know, I was recently elected here in uh, in Tulsa as the uh, as my district state committee woman. I and, love that. Mm-hmm, Congratulations, I, I love that. Yes, thank you. And so, the big part, the point that I want to say is that. Two weeks before my election, um, I got an article from someone who sent to me because I'm asking, you know, now you're talking about what to teach and where do we go. But I got an article from someone who um, sent me that said over that the over 400,000 positions at that time in the Republican Party were vacant. So they gutted it. And how did they gut it? They gutted it through religion. They gutted it through false teaching. They gutted it through righteousness. I mean, when I started researching, I said, we've gotten away from the basic. When you look up the word conservative, we have so fallen away. Oh, and, no question. You know, and the same thing with republic. So the so on the political side, my prayer, and I've been talking to our state chairman, my prayer has been for us to begin to... You know, what what did Paul say in uh, Hebrews? He said that I would teach you again the first principles. We have all, whether it's uh, politics, whether it's the church, whether it's spirituality, even the people who are not, I'm not interested in religion. Yeah, but you like God. You like prosperity. You believe in righteousness. You're a godly person, even if you have not yet been redeemed. But Mm -hmm. we have got to go back to first principles. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I think that another translation calls it the things of first importance. Yes, yes. And and, and there are like 20 different ways of looking at it. So what we have to do is, first of all, there has to be some sort of clarion call. I'm asking God to trumpet his his body throughout the world and make them starve for hunger for him. I want them Mm. to feel their starvation. I want them to get to a point that we go back to the day we first believed. Well, we couldn't put that Bible down. We couldn't stop talking in tongues. Come on. But it has to start with asking God because he alone is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. So I've been asking God. That's been my prayer. God, I need you to reign from before we start calling for revival. Can we ask for hunger? Lord, Mm. reign from heaven the hunger for you. Let people know they haven't had you. Cause them to know that they miss you because a lot of the things that we're fighting with is because we miss Jesus. Mm. Well, and what I've been saying, I love that because uh, I call it the want to. You know, I've been saying, Lord, we give us the want to. We want to want to be in your word. Help us want to want to walk with you, to do the hard work of studying your word, to knowing who you are, to being able to pass on the truth to the next generation so that we can live uh, and to see you do amazing things. Because I don't know about you, but I God can do it, right? It, it, it's like we have this opportunity right now and we're in a mess. I mean, we're in a, the biggest mess that I've ever, I mean, I've I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. My grandparents wouldn't recognize this country. They would not recognize it. But, but we, we don't changed. recognize it. <laughs> no, it's t- it's awful. Well, and I've gotten to where I don't even like to turn on the news anymore. And it's like, I, you know, every, every morning when I, you know, I pick up my phone, I've just been asking the Lord, help me, Father, before I look at anything else, help me open up your word to put on that, that armor. Because without it, uh, we we really are just taken captive by the spirit of the age. We need to be in the word every day to learn how to put on the armor of God, the, the full armor, right? Not just mm-hmm. one piece of it. Well, you know what I did with my church and um, because I'm, I, you know, all my sermons and whatever are on my Facebook. And for anybody who's interested, it's, a, it's under Apostle 
Paula Price on Facebook. What I did is I told my church, I, I stumbled upon this little thing called the Talking Bible. This thing plays in my house around the clock, plays in my car. It's a little thing, look like a little transistor radio, and you put it on and it will read that Bible, talk that Bible to you nonstop until it runs out of battery. And I don't let mine run out of battery. And so that's one way people can start getting an appetite for the word. Why am I saying that? Because as even though you might start listening to it, uh, you know, inattentively, eventually it begins to wake that new creation spirit up. It begins to wake that salvation up in your soul. And all of a sudden you find yourself saying, wow, I didn't know it said that. Yes. Well, I know God thought that. And, I, and so people said, well, you know, you could do the same thing with Bible Gateway. Yeah, but as soon as the phone call comes, you know, you're off. No That's matter right. what. Okay. So I, I, I told my whole church and all my viewers, I said, get this little talking Bible off Amazon. It's not that expensive. But I tell you, now in our office, everybody has their own. You can walk in there and they're playing the Bible. Because, see, I mean, I tell them to listen to the teachings, but you first need the Bible. Yes. And so, in this, exactly. and you can get it in six or seven translations. I don't, you know, I personally like the New King James and the CSB and the King James. And yeah. so, but I'm just saying to, as a start, until they, that God can't even talk to them because they don't know how he talks. Mm, it's so true. We're not used to the sound of his voice anymore. And yet the, the Bible teaches us that God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And you're you're absolutely right. What was the name of that thing? Where did you, it's you called, said it was Amazon? It's, uh-huh, it's on Amazon. It's called the Talking Bible. Don't get the red one. Get the gray one, the silver one. Oh, what's the difference? The difference is the silver one gives you a little bit more manipulation. You can you can kind of move around. The red one is straight through and you can't stop it. And you like if you get a point, a word, a chapter you're listening to, you can't stop it like that. It won't go back. At least I haven't figured it out. So I've told all of my members and I tell anybody, if you want to get back to God, stop, start with visiting God. Listen mm-hmm. to his word. Mm. And then from there, he can say, this is what's going to happen. That word is going to will get down into their spirits. And when they're sitting in church, that that word, because the word is the Holy Ghost, that word is going to say, you know, that's error. You know, he said that wrong. You know, she misrepresented that, you know, mm. because they can't think until they get it. And sometimes, who are we kidding? We have a very busy society. And sometimes, to be honest with you, it, we just don't have the co- time to sit down and commit to it. But if you put that thing on in your house, put it on in your car, put it on in your office, put it on everywhere you are. I promise you that would be step one to getting back in the word. Because sometimes you're going to look in there and then you're going to go dig out that Bible and you say, what? That is in there. Oh, well. I didn't know that was there. So my suggestion right now, and I know I'm getting ready to slam them with orders, but my suggestion (laughs) is that they start with that because it helps me. Even now when I have a bad day and I know I should be in my word, I just put it on, turn out my light, and I just sit and listen to it and listen to it until I drift off. I get up in the morning, it's playing. I go to work, I leave it playing all day in my house because, you know, know, um, when you have a lot of witchcraft in your neighborhood, you have to have that. And I leave it playing playing all day in my house. So that is my step one for everybody who's listening to us today. That's my recommendation. Oh, that is so encouraging. I just uh, wrote it down. I'm thinking just in my head, I'm thinking I want I want my kids who are grown and got their own houses now to have this playing in their homes because it is so important. This is the word of God and it should be playing in the background of our hearts all the time. And I think, you know, sometimes when uh, when we've gone through, you know, difficult things, I remember when, when, uh, when my grandfather passed away years ago, you know, I, I sat with him for days and I just 
I recited scripture to him and the scriptures that came to my mind, they, you know, uh, someone said, how did you memorize them? I said, it was the constant hearing of the word Mm -hmm. from my grandparents. It wasn't something that I set out to do. It was hearing the word constantly. And it really does dig down deep into the soul. Mm -hmm. It borrows in the soul and it creates, it it creates itself. And the word is logos and rhema. And, and, And the most important thing that I saw from it is that, when you when when it's like that, they get to answer. Because what did God tell Joshua? He said, "You shall not let what this word. Mm-hmm. You shall not let this these words. What Moses said, their scrolls, their teaching, the law. Do not let this law depart from your lips. But you shall meditate in it day and night, and then you will have make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And see, I'm telling you, the saints need the Bible because their pastors are reading excerpts and slivers. A lot of pastors are pulling sermons down off the internet. Come on here. So you don't even have time to go and visit the man, and yet you want to talk about him? And so, um, but this here, this thing, we had, a. um, um, when I tell you it began to help my church, and they began to catch my teachings more, and uh, other people, like my viewership, they're like, even now, they say, so what is that thing again, Dr. Christ, you said that will give you the ability to meditate in God's word day and night. Mm, well, uh, that is such a great place to end this because I'm just so fired up. I'm so encouraged, you know, <laughs> just get in the word. Your love for God's word is contagious. And I'm just so thankful that we've had the opportunity to talk today. I know that people are going to be encouraged. I know they're going to go out and buy that little gadget. <laughs> uh, we got we got our homes full of all kinds of gadgets that we don't need. But boy, this is one that we definitely do need. Where can people find you online? Uh, Dr. Paula A. Price dot com on my website. Uh, again, Dr. Paula. Paulaaprice.com. And if they want prayer, we do have prayer people standing by. They can just call 877-419-1299. But the internet is the fastest. I love that. Thank you so much. I just so appreciate your love for God's word and your desire to see people walking uh, rightly with him and and experiencing really the joy that comes from walking out the destiny that God has for you. You've just encouraged me today. I've taken a whole passel of notes. I love that we're taking the word of God and we're actually taking it to the city government. Oh my goodness. What would happen? If we started taking the the truth of God's word into all aspects of the culture, it we, I, it would be amazing. We'd start to see miracles happen. We would. And the first miracle would be that we would remove those who are offensive to our God mm. because people won't vote for him. Just yep, like they don't right. vote for us because they told them, they tell the, uh, the country that we are offensive. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. This has been so encouraging. Thank you so much. And uh, I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and link back to all of these things that you've said in the show notes today. And uh, Dr. Price, it's just been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and giving me free course. God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) It was my pleasure. You guys, for more information on the ministry of Dr. Paula Price, I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Also that Amazon link. So for those of you who are wanting to go out and get that box to play God's word in your house, I will link back to that also in the show notes today. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I so appreciate your time and I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.